the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Intelligent. Conservative. The answer. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. It is the first Andrea K. Show of 2023, and I could not be happier to be back in the studio and launching a new year with all y'all out there. And I got a question for y'all. It's the question of the year every year at the beginning, at the beginning of January, is do you have a New Year's resolution? Do you not? If you do, what is your resolution? Mine is just to continue to do what I do in here every night of the week and just enjoy sharing this time with you guys because I appreciate you so much. Hope hope you had a very safe and wonderful New Year's and, and your New Year's Eve. And um, hopefully you, uh, I, I had such a crazy New Year's Eve weekend that I didn't have a chance to enjoy our Southern tradition, which is on New Year's Day, you make up a pot of uh, black eyed peas and uh, cornbread. So I actually today, January 3rd, was the first day that I had a chance to eat my black eyed peas and cornbread, which is supposed to help usher in uh, prosperity and good luck and prosperity into the new year. All righty. 888-344-1170. If you want to be a part of the show, you can give us a call live. You can also uh, comment on, uh, we're streaming live on Facebook, on the Answer San Diego Facebook page, and on my Twitter at Andrea K Show. That number, if you want to call in, is 888-344-1170. In, in addition to wondering if you guys have any New Year's resolutions, I'm curious what your thoughts are about the McCarthy mess that is taking place on uh, the floor tonight over the vote for Speaker of the House. Do you think it's a good idea that we've got some holdouts there like Lauren Boebert and our favorite Congressman Andy Biggs? Or do you think that they've dragged it on too long? Are you concerned about how this might play out at the end? Do you, what, what are your thoughts on it? 888-344-1170. Before I go any further, I got to bring in my brother every day of the week, whether it's New Year's or not. It's DJ Potato Skins. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, 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 that's all he's got for us, man. He doesn't even have a Kennedy clip to play for us. You've got to come up with a new Kennedy clip to take us into 2023. In 2023, we still hate high-IQed, woke, stupid people. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a lot of thoughts on the speaker situation. This is the first time, by the way, in over 100 years that this has happened. And I see some good in this situation, and I see some negatives in this situation. Um, I think that it, the idea that this is the first time in a hundred years that somebody hasn't walked right into the Speaker of the House position and it's just been handed to them like a coronation is a problem for me. It's a problem. It's a problem for me that Kevin McCarthy, knowing that there were people in his party that didn't want to vote for him for Speaker, 
because their constituents didn't want to vote for him for speaker because his record is that of being a friend of the Democrats and not a friend of conservatism or this country. That he, the expectation he had was that regardless of anybody's beliefs about him, regardless of his record, regardless of what the constituents thought about him, that it was just his, his to take. And what I have seen with Kevin McCarthy is so representative of the establishment. Isn't that just been their mindset for decades now? That we're just the peasants and they've got the right to just do whatever the heck they want to do and they don't care whether or not it matches what we want them to do or what they've told us they were going to do on the campaign trail. The problem that I have, so I like the idea that I, I like the idea of making him earn it instead of waltzing in. But the bigger picture problem that we've got is that we've only got, what, 19 today that voted for somebody besides him? And the, and, and the person that most of them voted for, Jim Jordan, actually nominated Kevin McCarthy. We don't have a backup that's really any better. And that includes Jim Jordan. Because Jim Jordan is very much the Trey Gowdy of the Repub- the current uh, Trey Gowdy of the Republican Party that he gives really good sound bites. But if you really pay attention closely to what he's about, and same thing with Steve Scalise, by the way, they're really far more of the Mitt Romney, Liz Cheney part of the Republican Party. So there's I don't see a whole lot of daylight between McCarthy. So maybe the play is, and so I'm wondering what the play is. In fact, uh, I, I'm loving I'm loving Matt Gates's comments about McCarthy. They're all dead on. But then the question becomes, what's the backup plan if not McCarthy? Here's what Matt Gates had to say in terms of the overall picture for why most of us in MAGA don't want McCarthy. Skins, please please play clip seven. Those of us who will not be voting for Kevin McCarthy today take no joy in this discomfort that this moment has brought. But if you want to drain the swamp, you cannot put the biggest alligator in charge of the exercise. Right. And that's exactly what he is. But then, then again, then you got to go, well, who else, who else is the backup? But before we get to the backups, I want to play some other comments that Gates said. Um, today uh, that that has to do a little bit more with why that that shows the truth about McCarthy and why he's the biggest alligator in the swamp and why it begs the question of all these freaking these people freaking out like Marjorie Taylor Greene today who I'm a fan of but you know she needs to dial it back a little bit because you know if you're going to support Kevin McCarthy no holds barred that's fine give me a reason beyond your screeching like you did on 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 War Room today. Today. Don't try to shame somebody that doesn't want McCarthy. And, and, and another and another argument that's not flying with Marjorie Taylor Greene supporters, and that includes 90 something percent, is that she can't back up a support for McCarthy with a policy position of McCarthy. No, what it's about is it's about the sense of urgency that we've got to hit the ground running because we've got to do A, B, C and D, none of which McCarthy can be trusted to do. So what's the point? In fact, speaking of um, some things that uh, McCarthy, uh, where he stands on positions, I believe this is Matt Gates again uh, talking about McCarthy refusing to go along with some policy positions clip for. We offered Kevin McCarthy terms last evening that he rejected. We sought a vote in the first quarter of the 118th Congress on term limits. He refused. We wanted a budget from the Republican study committee that balances on the floor in the first quarter. He refused. Right. There's much more that he refused. 
One of the things that he's been refusing was vacate the chair, which was removed years and years ago, which would give give uh, Congress the opportunity that if they don't like how a speaker is performing, they can take a vote and vacate him. How in the world do we not have that? So this guy pre- pre- uh, actually take, took steps and moved into the speaker's office last night ahead of the vote. Moved in. That's his attitude. Instead of his attitude being, I'm here to represent the people, and I'm here to represent as Speaker of the House the entire Republican Party. Instead, what we have is the same. What's going on here with the attitude of McCarthy and the establishment is it's like the Jan 6 committee all over again, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, everything, it, it's, it's about uh, us versus them. That anybody that opposes them is is the domestic terrorist and the bad guy when the reality is, is they're working nonstop 24 hours a day to secure the swamp. That's what it's about. So much so that he actually leveled threats against committee members. <clears throat> Here's another clip from Gates, uh, clip five. Well, we were threatened by my committee uh, chairman to be on the Armed Services Committee, Mr. Rogers, that if we did not vote for Mr. McCarthy, we would be removed from committees. Our position is that if Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House and we don't have an ability to ensure that there is uh, oomph behind the agenda and energy behind our oversight, that the committee assignments don't mean that much anyway. None of it means anything anyway. In fact, you look at what the House of Representatives has the ability to do between now and September anyway, given the fact that the outgoing Republicans joined in with the Democrats in that omnibus spending bill of $1.7 trillion that funded everything the Democrats wanted through September of this upcoming fiscal year. What is the point? This is what we've been asking for decades now. What is the point of voting for Republicans if the Democrats are still going to control everything? And Marjorie Taylor Greene, you need to get better at selling your, your position because it's not the. She's saying we've got to take the win. It's not a win when the Democrats still get their agenda put forth, and especially not a win when it's put forth with those with an R at the end of their name. McCarthy is the dude who actually got caught on audio tape saying he wanted Trump to resign after January 6th when Trump did nothing wrong. That's who this person is. And you just heard that was just a short list of things that he's refused to put forth in policy. So it's tough as much as I like a Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's tough for her to create any sense of urgency that we just got to get McCarthy in right away so that we can hit the ground running when we're going to hit the ground running with nobody that's actually going to do anything running on our behalf. What's the point? What's the point in any of this? But we do have to figure out the end game. What the what is the exit ramp here? Because the problem we've got is we've only got 19 conservatives that are willing to vote for anybody but McCarthy. And at some point, we, what's the off ramp? What's the off ramp? This is the problem that we've got with the Republican Party. You look at the numbers. We've got, what, 218 Republicans and only 20 that are actually, I guess, MAG or conservative that want somebody besides the establishment hack. That's where we're at. And those numbers, and as long as we have that, as long as we continue to have this, and that, and, and, this, and that's why the leadership of the establishment, the Ronna McDaniels, the Kevin McCarthy's, the Mitch McConnell's, continue to control everything. Now, th- these are the same, this is the same Republican Party that uh, was given control of the House by the Tea Party and then just marginalized them and just continued on, not no longer even being a speed bump to the left and the left's agenda anymore, actually participating in it. That's where we are. 
I'm going to take a break. We come back. We got to be talking about the exit ramp here and what to do. What is it? Because one of the things that I don't agree with is Lauren Boebert and others saying uh, we either get somebody besides McCarthy and somebody better or we give it to the Democrats. I don't know the solution. Do you? 888-344-1170. AK, dynamite and address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Got to give a shout out to my peeps watching on Facebook Live. My my boy from the swamps, Frankie, has uh, some bad weather down there. You take it easy, my man. You know a thing or two about the swamps. Uh, hat tip to my LSU, by the way. We killed it against Purdue this weekend. Ouch, it was painful for them. Uh Got to say hi to Nick. He says, you don't live in San Diego. Um, Frankie says, no. Hey, Yasmin. Hey, Anthony. Hey, Jimmy. Love to see you guys out there. Um, before I go any further in the show, I'm going to go ahead and go back, uh, go to the phones because Ben from San Diego is on the line. He's got something he wants to say about the speaker position. Hey, Ben, welcome to the show. Hey, Andrea. Thanks. Yeah, I personally, I'm just going to, uh, I, I take the viewpoint. It really doesn't matter who's the speaker anymore because I think, Conservatives need to stop placing our hopes in D.C. There's never going to be political salvation from D.C. And, you know, look, uh, that's not the American way. That was not 1776. It was top down. It was about decentralization. So I think we need to be focusing on state actions, the 10th Amendment. Uh, You know, Jesse Kelly always has a great comment about making red states redder. So conservatives are going to have to consider, like, look, in California, we're lost here. You know, Oregon, Massachusetts, wherever you live and it's blue, make red states redder and focus on the 10th Amendment. I mean, look, I'm kind of a paleo libertarian slash conservative. I think we just need to focus on the states. And I'm about abolishing D.C. at this point. Like it's it's godless. It's demonic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the midterm elections prove that Democrats don't want to well, exist with us. Yeah. Peacefully. Well, the thing is, let so. me jump in here, Ben. Um, first of all, I, I'm a fan of Jesse Kelly. What I don't like that he says is though the solution to everything is not to move from a blue state to a red. And I don't think that there is any there's there's still horrendous crap happening in Florida. And it's not easy for everybody to just pack up and move. Um, and do a nomad existence like he did with his family for many years. The solution is not to just move. I think there is, and the solution also cannot be just at the local level because unfortunately Congress is, uh, there's already been so much that's been centralized in in Congress and in D.C. that we need need people in D.C. that are going to decentralize. We need a a real conservative Congress that's going to stop spending. We still fund Planned Parenthood, don't we? We just had the Republican Party fund trans crap. We've got the Republican Party bloating our government, and as and we can't and we can't solve that problem at the local level. Um, the, I let me tell you one last point um, I want to make in terms of getting rid of D.C. There's actually been a friend of mine. I need to bring him back, Larry Clayman, who actually uh, I went to his third Continental Congress, and he says that the the U.S. Constitution actually pr- provides a mechanism to solve this problem, and it's to start a new government. But the problem we have really ultimately is, and I think you're onto something, Ben, in, in terms of the local level stuff. Is it in, it, it would in, the solution. Whatever it is, whether it's Larry Clayman start a new government, whether it's your idea of take states back, make red states redder at the local level, we don't have 
a conservative movement and a base of, of voters in the conservative side that are that are active enough. They they the, half of them don't even vote, let alone be willing to run for office, to go and and volunteer for campaigns, to knock on doors, and then they just want to sit back and complain. So you know, there there's that issue. Right, no, I and I, I agree with saying, you know, you you brought up all those issues about the Republican Party passing all that stuff, and that's kind of my point. It's like D.C. Yeah. pollutes the soul. And, yeah, I, I know, you know, we need people in D.C. to decentralize, but when they get there, they don't want to. So right. eventually... Not even Trump. Not even Trump. I wish Trump Trump had abolished the Department of Education. There's no reason after everything that has been discovered with the FBI and the intelligence community why we're funding the FBI anymore. The Republicans actually added money to fund for January 6th prosecutions. So it's insane. Yeah. So thank you for calling, Ben. I mean, I, I think that he's right about, you know, ultimately the solution rests with us. And we but but we've got and part of what what we started doing on the show skins was it was about not just complaining about the problems, but, you know, calling to action and trying to get people involved. And if if this country is going to be saved, it will have to involve that. We here in San Diego, we had, what, 140 offices where Democrats were running unopposed. School boards, city councils little water district you know and Can't no, expect anything to change if you don't offer a alternative or you know if you're not willing to if you're not willing to if you're going to just sit back and complain and and do nothing you can't expect anything to change change starts with us it doesn't start with expecting other people to do to do the heavy lifting right um so we got a mess here with this and and i think at this point I, I think that it, it, the idea, and I don't think like when Andy Biggs and, and Lauren Boebert and others decided that they wanted to, you know, say, you know, never McCarthy. <sighs> I think it, I thought at the time that it was more about trying to put him in the spotlight to make him come along with some things. And he's not. And in terms of appearances, a good friend of mine on Twitter, John Cardillo, who I respect so much, you know, he made he, he tweeted a couple of things today about and if he was on the show, I would tell him this to his face. He's at DeSantis's inauguration party tonight in Florida. If he was here, I'd bust him for the fact that it, whatever you whatever you think is going wrong with the speaker vote and all this right now, the appearances and how the Republican Party looks should not be anything that you care about. Because no matter how the Republican Party operates, no matter what we do, the left, the legacy media, the swamp, I mean, they they say we look foolish and look like idiots all the time anyway, whether we do or not. So I'm not interested in appearances. In fact, I like the appearance of a fight going on with the Republican Party. In fact, that's that's one of the few things that's good about this because of the message that it sends to the establishment. And I think that that's ultimately what this was about. It was about sending a message. It should have been about sending a message to McCarthy and then forcing him to play ball. But the problem is, the longer this goes on, the more it shows and exposes who he really is, that this game of chicken could go on. Because the more he exposes who he really is, the more you've got these holdouts digging their heels in. Because that's how bad he's continuing. He should be um, he, he should be calling them back in and saying, how can I work with you guys? You want to vacate the chair or give you vacate the chair? Right? But he's not. But, but now we do got a real game of chicken because we don't really have anybody else getting enough votes. 
So that's why you've got comments like in, um, Lauren Boebert saying that um, that it, they don't, quote, don't mind if Democrat Representative Hakeem Jeffries of New York was elected speaker. That's a, that's a mistake. <laughs> that's a mistake. Um, you know, trying to take a stand, trying to force McCarthy to come to the table, trying to, you know, um, and and I think that's smart to, to use your leverage to get what you want. But to hand over the House to the Democrats, that, that's a, a step too far. Um, and, and in fact, you know, getting back to Cardillo, talking about the appearances of the Republican Party, that that's Trump should have blown that out the water of anybody concerned about appearances, because keeping up appearances, the slick talking candidates who all sound so slick and, you know, smooth and never say anything rough around the edges or any of that. Um, they sound great. and They make all the, these great promises on the campaign trail are a huge part of the problem. Right. Um, And the hypocrisy that goes with that is extraordinary. Right. We've got American citizens sitting in a gulag because they question the outcome of an election. But here's a Democrat representative today, Pete Aguilar, um, basically denying Trump's uh, 2016 election. Here's what he had to say today as he was nominating Hakeem Jeffries for Speaker of the House. Clip three. This bizarre but prevalent ideology that permeates. unified behind a speaker who is an unapologetic advocate for protecting and expanding our freedom. He does not traffic in extremism. (laughs) He does not grovel to or make excuses for a twice impeached so-called former president. We can stop it there. Uh, What do you refer to? Not alleged, but a um, so-called former president. The Democrat Party doesn't worry about optics. They don't worry about how stupid they look. They don't worry about whether or not they look chaotic. They don't worry about how many lies they get caught in. If your only argument tonight about the speaker's situation is that the optics are bad, that is so superficial and completely missing the mark. That's just not an argument for me. Brian Maloney from Red Wave America is going to be here when we get back. I'm curious to see. Brian Maloney has been involved in so many campaigns. He's been involved deep in the Republican Party in areas in the swamp that a lot of people doing work. A lot of people don't realize that he's done and been involved in. And I'm curious. I, I asked him last minute to come and come on the show because I'm curious what he thinks, what the exit ramp should be um, and, and what we should do going forward. So we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to bring you Brian Maloney of Red Wave America. And then we're going to talk about this football player. Damar Hamlin, who uh, we pray for because um, it's it's he's still in critical condition, but we're not allowed to talk about athletes dropping on the field, are we? But we're going to talk about it because that's what we do here. Stay tuned. Andrea Kay telling you like it is all while eating a donut. The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Continuing uh, briefly uh, on uh, this discussion about the House Speakership. Uh, we had a caller called in last uh, segment who said he thinks the solution is to just take take our issues local, turn our red states red. 
um, and basically just you know ignore DC. But I, I don't I don't think that's the solution. We got to get active locally. Um, but I don't really know inside the Beltway and and, and as much about it in the inside workings of the Republican Party as my man Brian Maloney of Red Wave America, my spicy fried chicken comfort food dude. Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I know you're out running. Uh, he's out running errands tonight, and I texted him and said, I, I, I don't care that you're running errands. I need you to call in. Because, I hope I sound okay from the car, though. Well, we, we won't keep you long. Um, I just, you know, there's, there's not really an exit ramp that I see. I see this McCarthy situation as kind of a mess because I think it was a good idea initially to basically say, you're not just going to walk into this position. We don't owe you that. Yeah. You're not a king being coronated. But then the problem right. is he's only, only tw- there's only 20 people willing to vote for anybody else. He's hanging in there in his game of chicken. And if the only off-ramp here is Hakeem. Team Jeffries, that's not a good idea for us. What should the Republican Party do? Well, the only thing is, did you notice in the second round of voting, though, that all of a sudden there were, uh, you know, 20 votes for, for uh, Jordan, you know, so I mean, it's like, you know, it started to change. So, I, you know, if they keep this up, maybe they could. But I think you're right. What the real point here is not, oh, we're going to install someone else as speaker. I think we're stuck with Kevin McCarthy, but what, what's going on? I'm really happy about this. What's going on is you're making it hard for him. You're making it, he's not being coordinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, he's having to fight for it and give some reasons why he should be speaker of the House other than, you know, he worked hard and it's his turn. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, well, buddy, well, Kevin McCarthy, what are you going to do for us? What are you going to, how are you going to lead? What issues are you going to push? Because we've seen nothing other than you and your buddies, Paul Ryan, and all of these clowns in Washington establishment that we know you're going to appease the moment you're speaker. We know you're not going to do anything for us. Right. So let's at least make this a struggle. In the end, can you can you stop him from becoming speaker? No, because as you said, then the Democrats end up electing a speaker and we're in trouble. But remember, they have to get a majority, not a plurality. Right. So, you know, it, it's unlikely that the Democrats would end up electing a speaker in this scenario. But then, you're right. There's a point at which you know, there's a reason we haven't had this situation in 100 years. That's the first time in a hundred years that mm-hmm. this has happened um, because, you know, it's messy and it can end up with the other party in control. But so I actually think it should game. happen. I actually think it should happen more often. There's there's Maybe a process so. that there's a process for for votes, which means it's not supposed to be like Venezuela to where the elections are just symbolic because the person is being coronated. That's not how our country is supposed to be run. Exactly. And by the same token, the fact that Harmeet Dillon is giving such a good run against Romney, you know, Romney mm-hmm. McDaniel, but Ronna Romney yeah. McDaniel. Um, you know, the bottom line is, can Harmeet get it over the top on the numbers? I'm not sure. It doesn't look that good. But 
Ronna will not get her fourth term by coronation either. So we're putting these people on notice that we're not going to roll over and play dead while they destroy the Republican Party and destroy America, which is what these people are bound and determined to do. Uh, so I like what's going on. I like it, whether it's seven people objecting to Kevin or 20 uh, you know, I want to know how, though, Kevin McCarthy, I've been tweeting about this all day, what did he threaten or, or offer to Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, to get her support? I've been asking, oh, I want, yeah. nobody has an answer. Nobody knows. What did he say to her? Yep. What did he do? Was it, was it, I'll give you something, I'll take something away? There's no way that woman supports Kevin McCarthy for you, real. Right, and I you can tell. With this, a lot. Yes, and you could tell when she, it, with the screeching and the way in her approach, it wasn't genuine. It, you know, it was, it was, um, it, she was angry, and it's like she's got to, it wasn't coming, it's obviously not coming from a place of sincere, he's the right guy. And you can't buy this sense of urgency because he's, because we, we got to get him installed so we can do all these things that you know McCarthy's not going to do. It just, it yeah. seemed like, it seemed like she, that she was bought off. There was something she was given or some threat made against her because it doesn't, it's so disconnected from who she is, what she was about, what she was elected to do. The way she's screeching is not even in line with how she's always presented herself in media before. And there's just something really off. And she's wasting her political capital screeching on behalf of McCarthy like she did today. We're about, we're connected with you yeah she's she's ruining her her um quite frankly she's ruining her credibility she's destroying her credibility and if she was in some way threatened by kevin mccarthy you know we're, we're going to do something to you if you don't support kevin or one of kevin's minions come forward go public and tell us what it was uh that that you know what's the threat Come, come clean, let us know, and we will back you all the way. Uh, we will be out there in force to defend you. But right now what you're doing is disingenuous, dishonest. Yeah. We know that this isn't where you're at. And that, that has been bothering me this whole yeah. time. Whether we ultimately end up with Kevin or not, I think 99% chance we end up with Kevin. I don't see another path, but we're making it, we're, you know, we're making it a big big pain in the rear for the guy and he's squealing like a stuck pig and I love it because he deserves it and you know that Sean Hannity and everybody at Paul Ryan Fox you know they're all upset because they haven't installed their you know their guy yet yeah um and you know I'm so disgusted by the loss of Fox News Channel that is no longer our friend yeah that we've all so many of us have been involved with for so many years is now lost to these these clowns yeah. Wow. Right. Uh, that has got to stop. That we've got to get Fox back. Uh, that is, we can't do anything until we get Fox reclaimed from Paul Ryan and Kevin McCarthy and these minions. Yeah. Uh, I want to know how they pulled Sean Hannity to their side because I know I've known him for twenty years. He was a solid conservative for a long, long time, and he was a real friend to Trump before he turned on him. 
I don't know. It could be, you know what, it could be something as simple as the fact that he's, you know, in spite of the hundreds of properties he owns and close to a billion dollars in assets and money that the uh, that he's addicted to that TV, you know, screen and addicted yeah. to being on air and he has sold his soul in order to continue in media. And I, I that's yeah. that's my ta- that's my take on it and I and it kind of like somebody going to Washington with good intentions who's like a real tea party a real maga person and then they get sucked in by the swamp and i think that slowly over time that's what happened that's my impression of what happened with sean hannity and it, and it can happen right i mean anybody can anybody can it's my friend uh you know grew up in tj has a saying it sounds better in spanish but it's look around at the, at the people you're with and that will tell you who you are and the more you hang around liberals or the more you hang around with whatever i mean that's going going to be who who you become come brian maloney we got we got to let you go my dear final thoughts before you go well i was researching the ratings today and sean has lost a lot of his audience and the other hosts have not you know and the five is now the top show that they have the five which is not even in prime time so you know the bottom line is rush limbaugh always said i don't like to go to dc i don't like to go to washington dc because i'm afraid i might like it there. Yeah. And that was the smartest, that was that bit of wisdom. I have never forgotten that about him. Well, you know what? You spent some time in the swamp, and fortunately, you didn't like it because they didn't, and they didn't get to, to suck you in. And I appreciate you. Thank you for being here tonight, my dear, on no notice. Thank take you. Care. All right. Happy New Year. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. I do want to talk about Damar Hamlin. Because the more we're not supposed to talk about DeMar Hamlin and why he dropped on a football field is why we need to be talking about DeMar Hamlin and why he dropped on a, possibly dropped on a football field. All right, so we're going to talk about that when we come back. Andrea Kay, bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Um, some of y'all may not know that I am a former NFL addict. There was a time in my life where I watched every NFL game. I didn't care whether it was my team or not. <laughs> I just loved the sport of football. And I stopped watching for a variety of reasons years ago um, around the time of the kneeling. And so I didn't happen to watch the Bills-Bengals game yesterday, even though my man Joe Burrow, famous LSU grad, um, was uh, quarterbacking for the Bengals and looking at possibly going to another Super Bowl. So I didn't see the incident that happened with DeMar Hamlin yesterday uh, live while it happened. I'm glad I didn't because, um, it you know, to see for 19 minutes a young man on his back being, uh, you know, well, of course they shielded him at that point, but for 19 minutes he was getting CPR, I think it was. His heart stopped. I think he had to be resuscitated twice on the field. Um, In watching the hit, it didn't look near as rough as hits that I've seen over the years. And I'm I'm well aware of how um, things have changed in football, you know, in order to protect the athletes with all the new ways that you got to hit people. Um, Can't go helmet into chest or, you know, helmet to helmet and all that kind of stuff, right? So in watching the hit, it didn't look like it was anything tough. He gets up, he adjusts his masks his mask his uh, um his helmet and mask and then he falls backwards so he drops suddenly on a football field he jumped up to his feet 
this is an all too common sight now. And, um, and, but we're supposed to pretend that it's not a common sight. And when somebody points out, I want to read you this text message. Here's how you know that athletes dropping suddenly on the field is a problem. And those telling you that it's not a problem, know it's a problem, is when somebody like Charlie Kirk tweets this out. Uh, I'm going to read the tweet in a moment. Uh, you know that they know it's a problem when the New York Times called Charlie Kirk human garbage for tweeting this about the incident. He tweeted, this is a tragic and all too familiar sight right now. Athletes dropping suddenly. Did he say anything about the shots? No. Did he say anything about COVID? No. He pointed out the truth. He pointed out what we're seeing with our own eyes all around the world. On the basketball court, soccer fields, football fields. We've got it happen- being reported happening in people's homes, teenagers. The majority are young male athletes. Could it have been an incident like you've heard about? It's very rare to where um, there have been reports of baseball players. I know I know of one, I think it was a teenager I heard of years ago, where he was accidentally hit in the chest with a baseball, and it stopped his heart and he died. They're claiming that that's what... It's interesting that immediately the assumption from the hit was that it was that hit like the baseball that I just mentioned, was so hard into his chest that it stopped his heart. Now, why is that okay to make that assumption, Skins? But it's not okay to connect the dots that it could be possibly related to problems with the shots. This is just... when you know me, Andrea, I'm not much of a football guy, but I do follow, uh, follow baseball quite religiously. There's also the amount of players going on and off the disabled list. It is increased... Uh, exponentially. Right. And the very people attacking you for mentioning it, they know exactly what's going on here. This isn't a head scratcher. Let me read some stats to you. The number of sudden deaths in professional sports has gone up 1,700% since 2021. 1,700%. And if this rate keeps up, it will be over 4,000%. 4,000%. Liz Wheeler tweeted this today. One in 5,000 young men have heart issues from the COVID vax. Yearly commotia cortis cases, which I just described, which is a sudden uh, uh, you know, physical uh, hit on a heart, stopping the heart. She says 15, and it's rarely over the age of 20. In fact, the baseball incident, I remember, was either junior high or high school. 1,598 athletic cardiac arrests since January of 2021, 69% fatal. The average athlete athlete cardiacs before the shots was 29 a year. She says science ignores this. That's why people ask questions, but you're not allowed to ask any questions. And when you're not allowed to ask questions, it's because it's the answer that everybody knows it is, and, they, and they're trying to stop you from recognizing it, right? They're trying to deny you what you're seeing with your own eyes. Cat Turd, my favorite on Twitter, he tweeted out, it's the jab, stupid. A playoff of uh, Eelhead, um, Mary Matlin's husband, um, James Carville who always said famously it's the economy stupid look if you don't if you don't think it's the jab why do you have a problem with anybody else thinking it is 
When you're not allowed, when one opinion, when only one opinion is allowed, that's a problem. This goes back to the FBI and the intelligence community all working together to coordinate and, and the U.S. government and the deep state and the CDC and the NIH and the NIAID all coordinating with our social media to control what you're allowed to know. And the sad thing is, as Skins and I were talking about it before the show, there's so many people, and they knew this. They know, they know psychology. They know that it's far easier to con somebody than to convince somebody that they've been conned. And once they got into the minds of the American people with the panic porn over COVID, started controlling our lives, got people to submit with masks and distancing and lockdowns and all of this, that they could easily convince people that in order to get their lives back, in order to keep their job, in order for the kid to go to school, to get on an airplane, to work in the military, they were going to have to put their arm out and be jabbed. And there's people that still defend these shots even after they had to change the definition of a shot, even though they've had they've been caught but cold, flat, busted, saying these shots stop you from getting COVID when they don't. They've had to admit they've had to change the definition of a vaccine. They've had to go from telling you that one shot would stop you from getting it and giving it to now you now they're telling you got to get a shot every year. And in the and, and, and if you're over 50, you need to get it every three months. They had to lie to you and get you to believe that even though in like Israel, where like 90 something percent of people are, are jabbed and even more of them are starting to drop like flies, that it's a, a pandemic of the unvaccinated. But so many people are, are, are just not going to recognize the truth in front of their face because it's too painful. It's too painful. And you know what? It is painful. That, and that's a part of why some people are refusing to see the truth of what's going on. What, what else? What else could, could explain a 1,700% increase in young athlete deaths? Is there anything else that's happening in our world skins that could complain that? explain that? Pfizer has already had to admit myocarditis and pericarditis or whatever it is. They've already had to admit that. They've already had to admit that the risk of blood clots. We've, we've seen embalmers telling clot shot is trending on Twitter today. And see, that's why they tried to shut down Charlie Kirk. They tried to shame him, right? Call him human garbage. When all he did was say, this is a terrible sight to see athletes dropping. Well, if it was from some, if it was just a coincidence or not related to COVID or a not lot of coincidence, yeah. coincidences though, Andrea, right. They, they and and the people it, it, trying to shut them up. They can't give any. They can't propagate any other explanation for why they're dropping. What else could it be? It's not COVID. Remember, um, in in order, all these athletic programs all across the country in college, forcing these kids to get shots. Same with the military. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. It's Tuesday. Quack and the Whack is going to be here. Gary Quackenbush. So you better got you guys better be here too. I got to run to Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. 
He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.